Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Youth Vibes Podcast. Today, we'll be talking on mental health. I'm Nampon Ernest, and Godfrey Ali with Mrs. Elizabeth Kimba will talk more on mental health. Enjoy. So, Mrs. Kimba, Elizabeth Kimba, how are you? Fine, thank you. How was your day? Uh, it's okay. Did your branch filling station? <laughs> no, not this morning. <laughs> oh, it was well in the car already? Yes. Because it can affect mental health Yes, too. it can. <laughs> Most definitely. Okay, so today we're just going to talk more about mental health. Because mm-hmm. we've had talks in the past, you know, just within the church. But we want to talk more extensively about mental health to create awareness and all of that. So... Simply put, what is mental health? Um, okay, the easiest way I explain that is mental health is basically who you are. Okay. It's you, it's your general well-being, like um, everything about you, your potentials, how you're able to mm. deal with life stressors, how you're able to make a contribution to the society, and um, all of that, it's all built into okay. mental health. So generally, it's you and who you really are that is mental okay so i think um maybe with social media and stuff like that people are getting more aware yeah because before if you hear anything mental yeah you go to word one yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's that's usually that's usually it you know people even get too should i say scared to even be honest about things like this because when you hear mental health Mm -hmm. it's like okay this one his head is already you know okay so so thanks for that simple um definition or explanation so what are the causes of mental health problems well okay let me just state that there's a difference between mental health and then mental illness Okay. Usually okay. we mix up mental illness to mean mental health. And that's why people get really scared of um, when they hear the word mental health. Mental health is like the positive of mental illness. Okay. So when we hear mental illness, the person is already in a form of treatment of a particular disorder. While mental health is um, how you are at the present. Mm. Okay. So there's a big difference between what mental health and what mental illness is. Mm. Most times we just take what mental illness is and then we give the symptoms based on mental illness, not necessarily mental health. So mental health is basically, like I said, who you are, how you're able to deal with life, how you're able to cope with life challenges. Everybody has stressors. We all have a form of stress or, or the other. We can wake up one morning and just be sad. Mm. Um, it's basically normal, uh-huh. but then usually the difference is when a particular symptom persists for a period of time, and usually it's a minimum of one to two weeks. Okay. So, for example, I wake up sad today, I wake up sad tomorrow, I wake up sad till, um, let's say, Sunday or Monday, then I can start thinking, okay, probably there's something going on that I'm not seeing. But if I wake up sad today and tomorrow I wake up fine, of course, there's really yeah. nothing to worry about. So one, basically, the symptoms may be our daily, like loss of interest in our daily activities that we are used to doing. And then we find no interest in doing them at all. So um, I'll 
give that definition based on mental health, not based on mental illness. Mm. Because when we mm. talk about mental illness, we have to go based on the several disorders to find out what actually are the symptoms of mental health. Okay, so what do you categorize things like depression yes, under? Yes, they are mental illness. It's an illness, right? Yes, it's okay. an illness in itself. So what are the causes of you know, such illnesses, mental okay. illness? Mm. Um, several. We have plenty. Um, it will interest you to know that genetics play a very big role in mental illness. You know, I've heard illness. that before, and I don't know how you... I can, yes. I, I don't know how to wrap my head around it. Like, okay. How can you be born with... Because I, I see anything, um, let's, should I say cognitive, as yeah. your, like you said, it's your personality. Mm-hmm. So it's like telling me I was born with a personality. Okay. Yeah. You know, it sounds somehow similar. Yes. Yeah. Okay, it, it's not as if you're born with it, but you're at risk of it. So let me give an example with physical health. Um, when your parents are diabetic mm, or hypertensive exactly mm. you're predisposed to that no, you don't necessarily have diabetes or mm, hypertension you're but predisposed. you're predisposed mm. to that when something happens so i'll just give a little bit of scenario for example um my mom if my mom was diagnosed with um let's say major depression or major depressive symptoms um, um disorder mm. then i have to be careful because it just tells you that somehow if something stressful should happen, I'm at risk of also going into depression. Wow. Probably not the major depression itself, but you're at risk, risk of going into a form of mental, um, mental illness. So you would have to be careful with, especially relationships. I, I mean, um, most, in fact, Research has shown that most psychotic disorders have been related to breakup of, like, a relationship breakup. And so, um, genetics play a very, very big role in when it comes to mental illness and its symptoms. Okay, so let's talk about depression, like you said. Mm, like, yeah. what are the mm. symptoms of mm-hmm. depression? We have several, but the most common is loss of interest in. Um, formerly pleasurable activities. So I like to watch football. All of a sudden, I don't want to watch football anymore. I like to read novels. All of a sudden, I don't want to read novels anymore. Then seclusion. I always say this, and people find it very, very strange that weight gain can be a sign of depression. I think I can kind of understand how. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But most mm. people feel that um, weight loss is mm. more associated to oh, depression. Oh, yeah, because you look sick. Exactly. Yeah, but, okay, I understand but then the, weight yeah. gain mm. can also be a very big pointer mm-hmm. to depression itself because there are people that just, same thing with physical health, there are people mm-hmm. that eat well when they are sick and don't eat as much when they are fine. And so it's, it's basically the same thing based on your, your body type. So yeah. that's basically it. So is it possible to, let's say, get used to some of these illnesses? Because I feel like some people are, let's use depression, for example. Some people are depressed, but they might not necessarily even know that they're depressed because that's life for them now. They're used to just being that way. Is that possible? Yes, it is. How do you <laughs> how do you live like that? Yes, it is very possible because we are not psychoeducated in this part of the country like we should be. Um, so, for example, I don't sleep for two days and I feel oh, I am 
I am hard working that I've not slept for two <laughs> days, not knowing that you yeah. have a problem There's and a problem. that's why you've not mm-hmm. slept for two days. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's, I think it's the cultural thing we have here that has messed with our minds. So we feel that um, to, to say that we are weak is weakness from ourselves, not knowing that admitting that we are weak is strength in itself. Okay, so um, you have people tell you, um, I don't... I don't sleep for, in fact, I've slept for not less than four hours this week. And they want to be applauded for it because they feel that, ah, it's, it's a good thing. But it's not Very a good thing. Working. Yes, it's not <laughs> a good thing in itself. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that's how we get used to it till we hear somebody slumps and dies. And it's getting more common exactly. now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But we all feel that, ah, the person, in fact, when you go for the burial, you hear things like, hi, this person was so hardworking. He was really, really hardworking. And probably it was the stress of work and all of that. But at the moment that he's saying he has not slept for two, three days, we don't pay attention to it. We just say, oh, okay, he's hardworking. And then we let it go. So those are ways that we just make it look very trivial and not take much attention to it. So it's possible to get used to a particular situation and take it as the norm and not identify it as something you should actually work on. So what's another example of um, a mental illness? I think depression is a very common one because of the Nigeria we're in now. Everybody just seems so sad and aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know? So what are other um, mental illnesses? Anxiety disorders are very, very common. Can I... Is, is it... Sorry, is... Um, mm, can somebody who is depressed become, you know, have that disorder? Yes, it becomes so anxious. Is yes, that yes. are they correlated yes. in some way? Yes. Okay. Um, mm. There's something called um, um, what do we call it? Like when you're predisposed to something, right? There may be an underlying um, psychological disorder that is maxing us another thing. So you may have some symptoms that when you treat. Um, a particular disorder, somehow it just handles the other. Mm, I don't okay. know if you understand. Yes, yes I do. Yes. Okay. Mm. So um, we have um, comorbid kind of um, disorders that can max to be this, can come in the same person. So you can have one person dealing with depression, the same person dealing with anxiety disorders, and so the same person dealing with insomnia. Now, if you look at the three, insomnia is common in the three of them. They are symptoms of the three of them. So we can have things like that. But you can have somebody struggling with just insomnia in itself, not necessarily with the depression and then the anxiety. Mm. Just that um, insomnia in itself. So yes, we have comorbid um, disorders that kind of marks themselves. So we have the anxiety disorders. Why I said that was very common is lately I've noticed, especially in my own circle, that most people hyperventilate without even knowing. Yes. So you just see somebody sitting down and then he's breathing very heavily and you're like, okay, what's going on? And the person's like, it's normal. I've felt it last week. I felt it this week. And then the person feels, oh, okay, it's normal. It will stop by itself. Not knowing that that is a sign of an anxiety disorder or a panic attack in itself. Okay. So we have anxiety disorders. We have, even for children, you know, we normally think that children are not depressed, but we have 11 year olds who are depressed. I think that's a very unfortunate thing, especially yes. in these parts, in because fact, children go through a lot alone. I have a six year old that committed suicide. Oh my just God, last serious? Year. A six year old. 
Wow. Deliberately, consciously. Consciously committed suicide. Exactly. And then you're like, okay, she's not supposed to know anything at that age to even, yes, to even think of suicide in itself. But then it's happening and we're not seeing it. I don't know if you've noticed on the road. Everybody is honing for no reason, like <laughs> literally no yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. And then you see that there's an accident. In fact, you see people gather. And then if by mistake, you just peep to see what's happening. The issue is an almost case. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It was just an almost, oh, I almost hit this person. But the chaos that would be um, at that moment, there would be as if somebody Something, had died yeah. at that mm-hmm. moment. It's all as a result of mental health. We are wow. not stable. <laughs> And if we're not stable, we're going to hmm. fight with almost every single person around around us. So That's something we see. I know generally people think Nigerians are aggressive, but man, it's yeah. it's getting it's becoming something else. So what's the what can somebody do, you know? Like how do you how do you even become aware that you have because we've established that it's possible for you to have some of these problems without even being conscious of it? You're used to it. That's just how you see yourself. Or this is just how I am. So what are those pointers that, okay, something is wrong? Um, I mean, apart from the obvious, like the depression, I mean, um, even the depression can be tricky sometimes because we get used to it. But, uh, and apart from things like the insomnia, how do you, what are the, what are other pointers that maybe are subtle you may not pick? Okay. Um, Secular friends. Wow. Your social group. Okay. Um, many people think I want to be alone. I don't have friends. I, um, I'm not an outgoing person. You hear that a lot. I'm an yeah. indoor person. <laughs> Introvert. <I'm> super, exactly. <laughs> I, I prefer being alone than being around people. We all need each other. In as much as, yes, introverts keep to themselves. They always find a way to um, relate with people. And then you find yourself not wanting to literally you've not gone out with a friend for up to three months. Okay, yeah. Like you've not had just a time to talk and play and laugh. And it's a problem in itself. I normally say that there's nobody that does not like to play. You just don't know that you're not playing. <laughs> Do you understand? But yeah. every other, every person likes to play. Take for instance, um, recently I gave a set of people coloring to do. Coloring. These are people that are age 25 and above. And I couldn't get them to stop. Wow. I told them, okay, it's time. Stop. You have to stop coloring. And I couldn't get them to stop. Why? Because we feel that coloring is for children. And so we don't even want to color. But coloring itself brings, I don't know, it, it has a way of bringing life. When you're supposed to think of, okay, how do I color this? How do I color that? So when you notice that you've not even done anything fun in a while, there's a problem. You can't relate with people around there's a problem. You talk to everybody and you're, you're literally angry at every single person when you have a communication with somebody. There's a problem. You're not supposed to be angry with every conversation. In fact, there are some conversations that are not supposed to make you angry in itself. And then the person knows that, okay, I'm not, you're not supposed to be angry. And all of a sudden, you just flare up. When you go back to look at yourself, and, and I feel sometimes it's, you have to self-reflect. Look at yourself over the period of two weeks past and see how, how was two weeks ago? Was it okay? Where did I get angry and all of that? If we self-reflect a lot, we would pick out signs 
more easily than when we let it to um, fully bloom in itself. Okay, so we we, we just talked about, um, we, you gave an example just now about people that keep to themselves and maybe under the guise of, oh, I'm an introvert. And what about people that go out a lot? It's like they can't be by themselves. Is that also a sign? Because yes. sometimes it seems to me like maybe you're just running away from something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I normally say that an extrovert is as careful as an introvert. Okay. Um, extroverts are always outgoing, right? Um, but don't. it doesn't mean that they don't know what they are doing. Okay? They, they are completely aware of what they are doing. They really know what they are doing, although they are extroverts. Now, we normally think that extroverts are the people that ah, shout and Very say, lousy. yes, they say anything <laughs> they want to say. Yeah. But mm. if you look carefully, people that are not careful what they say are trying to hide something. Self-esteem issues, yes, that's another um, mm-hmm. psychological disorder. Self-esteem issues in itself can make somebody behave like who he's not. Of course. So because I want to hide that... Um, I'm scared of something. I now, um, more like I, I overproject who I am so that um, you don't see the lapses I have in me. Like kids who become bullies because of yes, something they're trying to conceal. Exactly. So you normally find that those people that are too everywhere, everywhere like that have a particular issue they're running away from. Because if they sit down to think about it, it's going to overwhelm them. So they would rather talk and talk and talk and talk. And then if you have them in therapy rooms most times, you end up not talking. Because you end up talking and talking and talking. And you just notice that their words are not correlating with each other because they also forget very, very easily. So um, I, I normally say that an introvert can lie to you. But an extrovert is difficult because the person is going to forget what the person <laughs> told you before and say something different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the next day. So, yes, so it's possible. I guess it's safe to say, especially to young people, that it's futile being jealous or feeling sad about what you see on social media because a lot of the people we think are happy and living their best life are actually maybe some of them, not all, just trying to cover something. Yeah. Abby? Yeah. Okay. So just back, um, something just crossed my mind about this anxiety. Is it possible to, because I've heard people say, it's like as they grow older, it's like they're, they're, just, they're observing some changes in themselves that they never even knew existed before. Like somebody just starts getting so anxious and it's like having a panic attack. And that wasn't something they were used to. So is that something that they were already predisposed to? Or is it a new um, behavior that has been introduced to that person? So are there triggers or traumas or something that could happen to make you become an an anxious person or somebody prone to such attacks? Or is it uh, when you're just predisposed to that and it it manifests at a certain age? Yes and no. Okay. And I'll explain why. When you are predisposed to it, right? In fact, those that are predisposed to it are usually more careful than those that are not. Those that are at risk of it and know that they are at risk of it, right, are usually more careful than those that are not. Now, those that are not can have anxiety disorders um, due to trauma. We have trauma, stressors of life. 
one thing, like you said, with aging, right? Mm. One thing that um, comes with aging as we as regards anxiety is um, this sense of you're not self-actualized. You feel you've not done what you should do at the age you were supposed to yes, do. Yes, very common right now. Exactly. So you, you just look back and you're like, oh, okay, time has gone and I've not achieved what I should have achieved. And so you just panic. And before you know it, you're thinking every single day, how can I redeem the time when the time has already more like um, elapsed, right? So, yes, um, we have several physical factors, psychological factors, stresses of life, normal stresses of A death of a loved one can wow. cause yeah. serious anxiety disorders for someone. Um, just in in just here, normal crises we have can cause. In fact, right now, if somebody hears a bomb a bomb blast, um, for the rest of that day, the person is going to be hyper vigilant. To okay, let me see if I'm going to hear it again. In fact, some of us don't even wait. Uh, no, we'll just go back home and make sure we're at home, and then um, we just have that um, reaction. So I, I think stressors of life, happenings in life, the Ukraine and um, Russia. Russia fight is already causing a lot of tension here in Nigeria. Uh, and it's not even happening here, Mm-mm. but then it's causing a lot of tension here. So, of course, you still have those people with the anxiety disorders based on the happenings around us. So what should I do now if I'm worried about my mental health? Because I think we live in a society where communication is not really <laughs> the norm. That's why I think that's a sign of uh, a reason for our aggression sometimes we don't talk we don't communicate you know people just get used to you know getting by in life and hoping for the best because we're very religious so if you pray and you know do one or two religious things you know leave the rest to god and hope for the best you know and we don't do anything actively or practically so what do i actually do when i'm beginning to sense that i might be unwell okay we have something called a test. It's not a physical test. It's a psychological evaluation that we use to um, check your general we- um, mental well-being or your general well-being. And most people don't agree with me at first when I tell them there's something wrong with you. At first instance, they don't believe me. So what I do is I give you the test. I say, okay, I'm not going to answer the test for you. I just want you to answer it honestly, and then we'll see if you're okay or not. If you're fine, good. Like, it's, it's my desire that you're fine. If you're not fine, at least we know where to start from, okay? So the well-being check is more like a combination of close to 20 different tests, um, self-administered questions that you just answer. But from your answer, I would be able to pick what is actually wrong or if you're okay. Of course, there's a, there's a minimum scale you're supposed to reach. If you're at that stage, then you know that you're okay. If you're not, you're fine. If you're way above it, there's also a problem, okay? So usually, I'll tell people to take the test. Take the test to just ask if you're, if you're not sure. But the truth is, we always know. <laughs> we always know, except if we are lying to ourselves. But we always know when something I was something about to say, <laughs> hope you will not do that test for me. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> we always know when um, we are not doing mm. well. The problem is we just lie to ourselves and say, oh, okay, I know I'm not fine, but I'll get through. I'll get through it. And then we, 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 we feel we pick ourselves up again 
but we keep going back and back and back till we can take it no more and then it gets to our physical our physical health so how can i help a friend maybe somebody i'm suspecting to have some of these issues talking 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 does a lot observation and talking okay sorry before you even answer that so is it just um the test like is that all you do if you suspect something is wrong with you is there anything you could do to help yourself apart from apart you know, from the taking test? the test right mm-hmm. eating well yes we don't eat well in this part of the country eating well like pizza shawarma no 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 <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking about fruits vegetables mm-hmm. like um don't just eat rice um monday to sunday you're eating rice 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 mix your meals it's um you must not even have a lot of money to eat good food um we are privileged at in plateau state to have a lot of fruits and vegetables that you can easily just get and then um figure something out and then just do it, just do it just figure something out and do it then um we also have um apart from eating well exercise we don't like exercising we want to just stay at home and then do not do anything sleep wake up in fact presently i i feel that the upcoming generation are too lazy to even read <laughs> like very true don't even i didn't say you should come out and go for a walk or go for a stroll open your book and read and then you find them dragging i don't want to read i don't want to do this i don't want to do that so um read for yourself tiktok i normally say is one of the most dangerous things that has happened to the upcoming generation because everybody feels they find everything on tiktok so ah uh, in fact presently there's somebody i asked um Where did you learn this from? I was say TikTok. I'm like, really? <laughs> you learned this from TikTok? Did you go to read for yourself again to find out what it actually is? So yes, exercise and then going out. Going out with having a close knit circle helps. For example, if you're in trouble, who do you call? Can you call anybody let's say at 1 a.m. in the night? Some of us don't even have people we can call at 1 a.m. in the morning and that's that's we we feel we are doing ourselves a favor we are staying out of trouble but that's putting yourself in trouble at the long run have a close knit um group social circle that you can always lean back to when something something goes wrong then um physical like taking care of yourself um most people feel let me talk for the ladies now i'm not beautiful i'm not this i'm not that and that can put you in a very depressive state but you forgotten that you've not just taking care of yourself when you take care of yourself you are beautiful just you don't even have to put on powder or put on all of that yes those things are nice and then it makes us look more beautiful than we are but beauty comes from you it comes from within so if you see yourself as beautiful then you'd be able to cope and then we don't have resilient people anymore um you have to build your resilience build um the ability for you to face challenges feel actually feel and then pick yourself up what to scared of feeling and we don't know that feeling is not bad in itself when we feel at least we have one way not to do something so um the whole thing is don't be scared of feeling but even with when you feel 
try to pick yourself back up and then do something better. Okay, awesome. So what do you do with a friend? Because this is me now trying to help myself. So how can I help a friend? Especially somebody, you, you just mentioned earlier, communication. Talk to the person. What if the person is closed off? They don't want to talk. What do you do? Um, you cannot help somebody that does not want to be helped. As painful as that sounds. You cannot help somebody that does not want to be helped. Wow. So we just leave them? No, you keep <laughs> trying. Mm. Till the person comes to terms with it. Okay? But there's a limit you can do when somebody um, does not want to um, open up to you or somebody that does not want to be helped. So what you can do is constantly just tell the person you are there for the person and just be constantly there for the person. But when somebody does not want to tell you what's going on, um, um, how, you, how, how does the person need help and all of that, you would just be speculating, and you may be speculating wrong if you want to help the person. So, for example, tell the person, okay, can we go for a walk today? If he agrees, why not? If he doesn't, fine. Try again next time. Okay, he doesn't like walks. Probably he doesn't like going out on walks. What can we do again? Just keep trying and trying and trying till the person opens up to you. But in a situation where the person cannot open up to you, it's going to be difficult for you to help to help that person. Okay, so what would you say to our parents listening? Because you just mentioned a very sad story of a six-year-old. And, I mean, <laughs> almost every Nigerian child, if not African child, will say a lot of the time they didn't feel like their parents acknowledged their feelings. So what would you say to, because it's almost as if, okay, this generation is too soft. In our day, it was not like this. In our day, it was not like that, you know? And for me, when I observe even the older generation, I feel like the way their day, in quote, was, I can still see the consequences of that day. Do you understand? In the way they behave and a lot of things that they, they do today, but unfortunately, they don't even see that as a problem, you know? So they just want you to continue in the pattern, the way their, their day was and all of that. So they are not even considerate or empathetic to the plight of young people today. So what do you say to such parents that don't think a child can have a problem? Okay. Um, I think we parents don't think children listen. Um, in, in their days, um, they probably did listen, but I don't think they took it as um, serious as this generation is taking it. So um, we feel that children would not understand when a father and a mother are fighting. We feel they would not um, get um, what is going on in the house when there's no money, there's no um, food. We think they would not understand, so we hide it from them. And in the midst of trying to hide it from them, we put them into trouble. So um, the only thing I'll tell parents is to be sensitive to your children. You need to, the world is wider than it was when they were growing up. The um, introduction of internet, um, handsets, and all of that 
have opened the minds of younger ones wider than we thought it should go. And then we cannot close it back. It's already there, so we have to find a way to deal with it. We normally think that I teach in the Sunday school, and um, when I'm teaching three-year-olds and four-year-olds, you'll be surprised what they will tell you in class. My father slapped my mother in the house this morning. And we think these ones don't know. So we do a lot of things in their presence, thinking, ah, okay, they're not going to understand what's going on. But they know, and they talk with their friends. For instance, a four-year-old goes to school, and then a four-year-old tells um, another four-year-old, oh, um, I saw my dad cooking in the kitchen with my mom today. Um, sorry, last night, we all cooked in the kitchen. I was the one that helped serve the meal and all of that. And another child goes and says, ah, my, my father slapped my mom, or my mom slapped my dad. Of course, there will be, okay, why is her own family different from mine? And it starts from there. We normally think we don't remember what happened to us when we were four or five. But if you reflect back, you will remember. Especially if they are traumatic times, if they are painful yeah. times. It's, it's not just going to skip from your mind. You would remember. So parents need to be careful around their children. There are some conversations that they normally felt that, ah, we are too small to understand. Just imagine going to a six-year-old and say, um, okay, let's say her name is Hannah. Hannah, we don't have money, okay? But we are going to pray and ask God to give us some money. If he does, fine. If he doesn't, fine. We would still find a way to take care of ourselves. Hannah goes back to school knowing that, okay, it's not as if her parents don't want to give her every world, but she knows that, okay, it's because there's probably a small challenge in the house that there's no money. So you don't leave the children um, to their imaginations to think, and we children imagine a lot. So you don't need them to their imaginations to think, okay, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? But then you control that thought so that they are at a place that they can think clearly. I know most parents think that um, children nowadays are basically very disrespectful and all of that. But we forget that the generation of their own time is way different from what is obtainable now. What is obtainable now is way different from what they experience. And then they want to use um, how they grew mm-hmm. up. Their own times exactly. and experiences. Uh-huh. It's very incompatible. Thank you. It's the same thing with schools. Uh, before, the cane was used in school, almost every school. But yep. now, I don't think I know of a school that still uses cane. In fact, it is discouraged that of you course. don't use yep. cane in several schools. Why? Because times have changed. It's not like um, before anymore. So I would say get to know your children. You relate with your children at different ages, at different the developmental stage of a six-year-old is different from that of a 15-year-old. So how you talk to a six-year-old should be different from how you talk to a 15-year-old. At 15, you should be negotiating with the teenager, not imposing generally on him what and what not to do. So I think it's basically getting to understand and then um, going with um, what's... We're not saying allow the child to do what the child wants to do, no. We also have to be... They have to be disciplined. You have to discipline your children. Because nowadays you see children walking in and they cannot even greet. And then you wonder, okay, 
<laughs> what is what is actually happening? Yeah. That a four-year-old can come. In fact, a four-year-old can see you with a sweet and say, Auntie, give me. And then, and that's all. In our time, if you try it, you know if it's like if you try it, you're tribal. in trouble. It's not trying. You can't go to somebody's <laughs> house and then sit down and then ask for more food. Even if they offer you, you uh, look no, at mommy's face. Exactly. Should I? <laughs> do you understand? You cannot even try itself. Like if you say, if they say, ah, okay, do you want more food? Your mm. answer is no. Mm-hmm. You cannot even think of saying mm-hmm. yes. They've programmed you. Thank you. <laughs> but now children go into homes and then go and ask for the food. They've not offered you. And even tell you it's not nice. Exactly. <laughs> they don't like it. Do you understand? <laughs> so you keep wondering what's going on. People don't um, get it. That um, the, the, the training that we do presently for children, we have allowed it. So whatever is happening with our children, it is us that have caused it. Like we've allowed it. If we didn't allow it, it wouldn't be this bad. But we've allowed them to feel that they can make decisions of their own. Child obesity now is even getting too much. That a child can just come and say, Mommy, I'm not full. And then um, the mother says, okay, eat. You don't control what the child eats at five. When do you want to control it? The person grows up being obese, and then you're like, oh, okay, the the girl is being um, body shamed in school. Why? Because you didn't control it from the beginning. We're not saying starve the child. But there's a certain amount of food we know is okay for a social amount of age. Control that. When you start like that, by the time the child is growing up, then you can now release some things to the child to do on on the child's own. But not that from the very beginning you allow the child to do what the child wants to do. Well, conversation is actually getting... I have a lot of (laughs) questions, but I want to keep it as concise as possible. So that if there's more, if you'll be that gracious, you know, you'd come back and answer even more of our questions. I want to keep it as concise as possible because there's a lot of heavy information that I would want whoever is listening to be able to digest quite easily. Okay, so before I round up, um, I want to give some practical scenarios, real-life scenarios, and give us some um, advices for those that may be going through some of these um, issues. For example, somebody stuck in a job they don't enjoy with a terrible boss. It's costing them all manner of mental problems, but they endure it because they need the money or, or, or they, they, they need it to stay out of the house, you know, or something. They're compelled to do that. What would you say? How, what would such a person do? Because some people would just say quit. But if, in a situation where the person can't afford to quit, how do you cope with that kind of situation? Um, if you remember clearly, I talked about building resilience. Um, we cannot run away from challenges. We can only find a way to solve them and then move forward. Um, you can be stuck in the job and... Um, you need the money, and somehow you have to be there. You cannot just go out of that place. Um, first of all, I'll tell the person to keep searching outside that place till when the person gets something that is more um, valuable. Now, there's difference. Be- there's a difference between job and work. Yep. Job, you just want to get the money and leave. Work, you actually enjoy what you're doing. The problem is, in this part of the country, we always look for job, not work. 
And the Lord has given us so many potentials that we've not harnessed. And so we, in the chase of money, we get to go somewhere that we are not, we're not fulfilled at the end of the day. I'll tell the person to stay there for a while, but not too long. Not too long, because you are damaging yourself, and then you're damaging, um, you're damaging what you can actually do. Um, let me take this scenario you gave. For example, the person goes to work in the morning, and then he's being insulted by his boss in the morning. There is a way the person is just going to feel so downcasted yeah. and not even do the best he can do at that job, right? Um, let's um, assume the person has a friend. And immediately the person calls the friend and says, oh, okay, see what happened at work today. And the guy says, oh, I understand that it's painful, but can we meet later in the evening? And then they meet later in the evening and talk about it. It's not going to take away the problem, but it's going to ease and whatever you've gone through. Do you understand? And then you'd find a way to work um, better towards it. My idea for this is not that you stay there for too long. You have to leave. If not, you are going to um, um, secretly hide your own potentials. Yes. You're not going to bring it out. And at the end of the day, when you're getting to your old age, you're going to regret it because there are several things you could do. I have someone who I know is a medical lab scientist. And at some point in time, he left the hospital. And it was strange because it was not as if he had another source of income coming in. And I asked, why did you leave the work? And he said, I'm not comfortable working there. I need to find somewhere else. And I cannot find somewhere else if I don't leave. And then he left. He suffered for a while, two, three, four months, six months, seven months, and he got something else doing. He started something by himself. And he feels more fulfilled and more achieved and more happy. If you see him today, he's, he, he's basically the inventor of almost a lot of things, like a lot wow. of ideas that are coming to his head that he can find his hand doing. Okay? Um, I believe that people that are going to listen to this are mostly Christians. So we all know that God has a way of taking care of us. Not that we shouldn't work. That doesn't mean we shouldn't find work. Of course, find work to do. But when you are constantly abused at your place of work, you need to think about your mental health. Because what if I'm abused at work, I'm angry, and then I come out of work, and then I transfer that aggression to everybody Take, for instance, this person is married and has a family. You go home, you take it out on your children and take it out on your, um, your, spouse. On your spouse. You need to count the cost. Is it worth it? Like, is it worth it? Is, is it worth you um, fighting with your family? Is that, work, that money you're collecting, is it actually worth you not having a sweet relationship with your family? If you feel it's worth it, why not? But if you feel it's not, then I feel you have to leave it. And trust God to give you something better. That you so simply put, try to build resi uh, resilience. Yeah. Is it resilience now? Resistance. Resilient. Okay. Try to be more resilient. But if that fails, yeah. look for something else, you know, because you have to weigh the cost. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's a, <laughs> I keep making, uh, referring back to Nigeria, because honestly, I've been observant and it looks like, people are just getting more aggressive, inc including myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You understand? Mm -hmm. We're becoming increasingly impatient. 
And um, we don't sit back to do some self-analysis and wonder, why am I behaving like this? We just go with the flow. If I happen to be happy, I'm happy. If I'm not happy, oh, whatever I do, you deal with it. Mm -hmm. I was in a bad mood. Uh And then, you know, we keep. But I think that's a very vital lesson. That Sometimes we need to go back to the drawing board and see what could be causing my behavior or this terrible reaction. Because some people can just move from zero to hundred. And everybody will be fascinated. Like, guy, it's not that serious. Mm -hmm. Why are you over? You know, but these are some of those um problems and issues that happen a lot of people are either stuck in a job they don't enjoy or they're abused at their jobs you know and stuff like that and they just keep going because where will i find food for my family and it's ironic you're hustling to take food to your family but then you go and you give them a very negative version of yourself so you're trying to help them but at the same time you're not helping them which is counterproductive so another scenario another common one unemployment how do young people deal with such because a lot of young people are in fact they're getting into various vices just to cope with the boredom and uh, you know others are succeeding i'm not succeeding and this and that what's your advice to people that are unemployed and well let's let's merge it unemployed and those seeking admission just at home what do they do volunteering awesome awesome i love that answer (laughs) there is a lot that comes with volunteering um experience pays more than money itself um when you have the experience of something even if you're not paid you feel more fulfilled than just staying at home i don't know if you've tried staying at home for, okay covid gives us an example wow staying at home for like one week in fact the first day that thing <laughs> happened it was chaos mm-hmm. almost everywhere that everybody was locked down at home without going out um imagine you forgot your system at work or you left your phone somewhere in somebody's house, and then you are left alone in the house. In fact, presently, we cannot even do it without our phones, to the point that if somebody's phone is not charged for one hour, the person feels like the world is going, leaving him behind. I am the person. The <laughs> <laughs> person feels like the world is leaving him behind because your phone is not charged for one hour. If somebody's phone is stolen in this hour generation, you would think that the person lost somebody. And it was just a phone that was stolen at a particular point in time. But the way the person is going to come and tell you, it's like, ah, okay, ah, this thing happened to me, and um, I don't have a phone again. Leave the person for one week. Trust me, if you go back, that person would definitely be depressed in our society today. That person would definitely be depressed. So for those looking for work, um, keep searching. But in the searching process, find places you can volunteer doing what you love um, for example um, if you love children go to schools and tell them you want to volunteer to be not necessarily their main teacher but even if to be an assistant teacher to just observe and volunteer those are the type of people that when they see your potential Nothing would make them not give you a job if there's yes. an opening somewhere. Yes. Do you understand? But when we just sit down at home and say, okay, we've been looking for a job we did not get, then, of course, we're, we're not, who is going to see you to give you work? Somebody needs to know what you can do to be able to put you in certain positions. Now, we have several courses online that you can take to develop yourself. You go to an organization, you find out that, oh, okay, they don't have a lot of data. 
we have computers, we have guys that love to do data and they are sitting at home. Volunteer at those places. I, I always say that when you make somebody's organization better, it is actually to your credit, not even to the credit of the organization. Of course. And that organization would always remember you for making um, the organization better. So you go to an organization, they don't, they don't know how to use the Google Forms and all of that. You know how to do that well. And you go, you spend one week, two weeks there, and you notice that there are things that they can easily do with Google Forms. And you just suggest it, and the person says, okay, why not try it? And let's see. You're volunteering, by the way. So it's not like you're going to get paid for it. The problem with our generation is that we are looking for the money. We are not looking for the experience. I had a set of young people yesterday, and we we're talking about careers. And um, what they wanted was a career that would bring money. That's just, I want to blow. Mm -hmm. I want to hammer. hammer. That is it. I don't want to work towards developing my skills. Skills and integrity will give you that money. But when you get that money without, without the skills and yeah. integrity, then you don't have anything at the end of the day. It's disaster. Exactly. So um, for those that are looking for a job, please find somewhere to volunteer. Um, volunteer for free. Somewhere that is close to your home, somewhere you can easily just walk and then go back. Like Find somewhere to volunteer. Those that finish secondary school, look for mentors. You need mentors. We need people to... We need role models that we can meet and say, okay... This is my line. I know that at, at just finishing secondary school, you may not really know what you want to do. But you meet mentors and you're like, okay, I think I have interest in this, I have interest in that. And they can put you on the right path to see, okay, I have an opening here for you to volunteer. Uh -huh. So start doing this there, start doing this here. And before you know it, those role models would put you at the place you're supposed to be. We can't take away... Um, friendship and communication between each other. Because when somebody knows what you can do, we all don't know where there are openings, but some people would know people that have openings. So when you get to... Young people run away from people now. They don't even want to. They feel they are going to be judged. But they don't know that um, when an older person tells you, okay, you're not doing this right, the person is trying to help you, not trying to send you mm -hmm. away. Do you understand? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So by the time the person tells you, okay, I feel you should try this, even if you don't agree, why not just try it? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work for you, then you can come back and say, okay, I don't think that will work too, but should we do it so so and so so way? It, it makes more sense than saying, no, okay, should I should try this and I don't think I'm going to do it, so I'm just going to... Let it be, okay? So um, role models and then volunteering plays a very big role in this aspect. And I think I should also add, you know, when the Bible says an idle mind yes. is a devil's workshop. You know, when the devil wants to deal with somebody, he will isolate the person, yeah. you know, so that nobody even observes what's happening and he'll have a very wonderful time with you, <laughs> you know? So it's very, very important to get busy. So... Many scenarios, but one, just one more scenario, very sensitive one. What about those that want to get married and people are pressurizing them, or let's say society is pressurizing them to get married, especially girls. You know, you find a girl is 25 or even 30 and she feels like she's already 50 because she's not married, you know, and there's so much pressure and they don't know what to do because they can't go and pluck your husband from a tree and say, hey, I'm getting married, you know? And unfortunately, a lot of young people have been pushed into marrying the wrong people 
because of these pressures. They don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to cope with it. So what would be your advice to somebody going through such a thing? You know, they want to get married or rather they're being pressurized to get married, but they're just not there yet. Um, I'm lucky to be married. I always tell myself that um, I married the right person. Awesome. But I, it took time. I didn't rush into it. In fact, I had almost the whole world telling me that I was making a mistake. Um, except my role models, my mentors, and my parents. And for me, that was it. Okay? I kept my husband waiting for seven months. I didn't give him an answer. <laughs> he stuck around. <laughs> Not because... Um, I wanted him to wait that long, but because I had to be sure in some sense. Like, I had to be certain. I was I was certain, but I was not certain. Do you, do you understand? I, like, I, I, I had mm. so many fears, so many doubts. It's a lifelong so decision. Exactly. Mm. Like, okay, um, if I get married now, what happens? And for me, I married at the age of 27. So, um, I'm from the north. I'm from UB State. Okay. 20 is the right age for you to get married. Do you understand? So, at 21, 22, everybody's looking at you. Okay, you're old in the house. So you have not married <laughs> yet. So this and this. So and then you have too many conversations around that. Um, why haven't you gotten married? Um, is there not anybody? What and what? In fact, we know that you're the one that is sending them away. Mm. Do you understand? But it has to come with what you think about marriage. Marriage is not just for you to get married and then go and sit down and then say you are married. When you know what marriage entails, to be honest, you will not be in a rush to get married. You would make sure that the person you're getting married to is somebody you can actually live life with. So, of course, you would have a lot of pressures. We're in Nigeria, like we're in Africa. That's, mm -hmm. that's the culture. <laughs> yes. You cannot run away from it. You would have a lot of pressure. Uh, please, yeah, you, in fact, somebody would tell you, you don't know that you're getting old. This and this. Ah, you don't know you're getting old. See, your mates are, being, are, are getting married. You, what are you waiting for? You want to be around. Girl. In fact, you start thinking you're a prostitute because you think you're, you're playing a lot of guys, and that's why you're not married. But um, marriage is not the end of life. Marriage is not what is going to take you to heaven. If you know um, that you want to get married, it's a decision that you want to get married. I feel that you're not even supposed to stress yourself searching for the person. Just wait. When the time is right, it can be 40, it can be 45, it can be 15. It can be, although I don't advise you to 15. get married at 15, <laughs> though. But I know people who have met their spouse in secondary school and I'm married today, and I'm very, very much fine. At but they 15, didn't get married at 15. No, 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 no. no. They met at 15. <laughs> I have to put that out there. <laughs> yes, they yeah. met at 15, okay, and did the same secondary school, graduated from the same secondary school. High school sweethearts. Exactly. Well, well, at that point, I don't even think they were dating. That's the ones I know. I don't think they were dating in Just secondary school. Yes, friends. but immediately mm. they left. They got together and then they are married today and have they have an amazing home. So um, marriage is not just about going into marriage. It's not about wearing the gown, wearing the suit, uh, 
I want to say I'm a married woman. No, it's it's more than it's more than that. I want that. to cook for my husband. Exactly. <laughs> it's 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 more than it's more than the flair that we see this this um, it is something that you have to it's 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 more like a merging of two people to fulfill a purpose. If you merge yourself to the wrong person, you are going to be frustrated the rest of your life. But if you merge yourself to the right person, marriage will be the most beautiful thing you can experience on earth. Okay? Marriage will not take you to heaven. So why rush? Um, if we, I have people who got married and then the next year their husband died. So would you have said they should have married earlier? Or what would, what would have been your conclusion for those type of people that um, I married today, two months later, my husband is late. I become a, in quotes, widow. I don't call them widows because I feel, for goodness sake, it's two months. Like, why would we call her a <laughs> widow? Do you mm, understand? Mm. Uh-huh. So um, I, I, I don't feel that people should be pressurized. It is awesome to want to marry. But don't put yourself under that pressure of, I need to get married, I need to get married. You would fall into the wrong hands. Because at that point, your, your concern is not going to be who the person is. Your concern is going to be if the person is going to marry me or not. And that makes the difference. Yes. You would fall into the wrong hands if your concern is, I want to get married and this person wants to marry me. Then, oh, okay, is this the right person or should I still wait? There is joy in waiting. By the time you've waited, trust me, at the end of the day, you'll be glad you waited. But when you rush into it, you may find out that you would only live. I normally say God will give you the grace to live in that relationship because you made the decision for yourself that you want to marry that person. And then when you're marrying somebody, you're marrying the whole package. You're not marrying just the good side of the person. The bad and the ugly. Exactly, and everybody has a bad side. So don't think that everybody... Is supposed to be a hair. Then another thing is reduce your standard. We, so we have unrealistic standard. For me, um, I'll just give a little bit of my story. My standards were just, I think they were five. First of all, the person must love God. Then he must love me. That was the second one. You cannot love God and not love me. Like, you have to love me. You must love God, you must love me. Then um, you must like to play. As weird as that sounds, uh, right? Doesn't sound weird to me anyway. For me, <laughs> a, a home is not supposed to be uh, the father sits down on one couch. Like an office. The, exactly, the mother sits down on the other. Then mm-hmm. the children are playing in the room somewhere. Mm-hmm. Do you get? Mm-hmm. You must know how to play. Uh-huh. You must know how to play. Then you must be somebody I can submit to. We forget that we marry people that we know we cannot submit to. That's for ladies. Marry somebody you know that you can submit to because the Bible states that the woman should submit to her husband. So you have to find somebody that you know you can submit to so that you can be able to follow suit. If I don't feel my husband can lead me or you don't feel this guy can lead you, why marry him? Do you understand? But you know that, okay, this guy can lead me. If, if I marry him and he tells me, okay, so, 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 direction is the way to go, I can follow, I can trust him and follow that direction. But we'll now marry somebody that we know that, uh, no, we cannot follow, we know that <laughs> I cannot follow this guy's direction. Then you run into trouble because you have to allow the man to lead. And the man must lead. Many men nowadays say, don't even lead. 
young people they want the woman to actually to they be don't the mind one to, uh. <laughs> to to lead look at it even in homes the father is the one that is supposed to call for morning devotion in ah, the morning no, that one a whole story now is the mm-hmm. mother that yeah. does the work mm-hmm. without even thinking she's the one that wakes everybody including the father to come for devotion and it is not supposed to be that way that's not the normal the normal is that the father is supposed to lead the family you're going to lead in every aspect not just in providing food and clothing do you understand so you have to be careful who you get married to so don't be too worried about your age and and, and the time it takes but be more concerned about who you're getting married to and if that person would help you fulfill God's purpose ultimately for your life. Awesome. I actually have a lot of scenarios but I think I'll just <laughs> let me stick to my promise and just leave it there <laughs> because there are a lot of real life situations that people are going through, you know, but we can't paint all of them but I think even from this few we've discussed, we've talked a lot about resilience, you know, talking to people and this and I think some of these solutions are also applicable to some of those other problems so you promise abi when we need you yes. again you no come problem. back by no problem if not i'll <laughs> open my book now start asking many 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 questions now no that problem. we have you okay so elizabeth i thoroughly enjoyed this conversation I did honestly too. it was Thank very you. interesting and i hope that whoever is listening will pick one or two things and will be really blessed so thank you so much for allowing God to use you. Thank you too. All right. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you for being part of today's episode. This episode was produced by me, Nanpon Enes, and mixed by Nathan Omar in collaboration with Equaplato Church Youth Fellowship. Special thanks to Inkami Iwara, Dalipa Gwari, Daniel Suley.